So we welcome everyone to yet another episode of Concast, the consulting podcast channel of Consult. Consult is a consulting club of National Institute of Bank Management Pune. The podcast aims to enhance the knowledge and give deeper insights of consulting world with the help of prominent personalities from the consulting world. Today we have with us Akhilesh Obra sir. Sir has completed his graduation from Manipal Institute of Technology in mechanical and manufacturing engineering. Later on, Sir went on to do his post graduation in management from Indian School of Business. Sir has worked with KPMG as an analyst and he is currently working as a senior associate with PwC India. Today we'll be having the discussion on the topic innovation and how consultants enable it within their clients organization. So once again welcome sir thank you for providing us your valuable time for doing this podcast. Thanks guys for having me over and uh, before I start <clears throat> one uh, quick comment so you know when I was in college uh, you know when I decided to get into consulting I had very limited resources uh, at my hand to even figure out what consulting is what it constitutes right and how to even prepare for the right jobs so you know when i see people your age doing all of these things uh, you know whether it's through consulting clubs whether it's through podcasts like yours today it's you know very nice to see that how aware you know some of you people already are and i think that will you know only translate into very successful careers for some of you very very early on so thank you for having me thank you sir so can we begin our question answer series Sure. Yes, we can go ahead. Okay. So the Let's first start. question will be, uh, sir, can you highlight your journey in consulting so far, and how has the nature of consulting evolved in the time frame that you have been working? So I actually, you know, decided to get into consulting uh, sometime in my third year of college. So I applied to ISB in two thousand and fifteen itself, uh, which was in my third year of college. I am part of a program at ISB called the YLP, which is the Young Leaders Program. where you gain uh, uh admission into isb in the pre final or final year of college on the condition that i need to have 20 months of work experience after which i get to isb so you know i was sitting down and writing my essays and i was trying to figure out uh, you know what kind of profession i must talk about in my essays and in my application and uh, you know i just did some sort of you know reflection i realized you know what kind of skill sets i have what are some of the extracurricular activities i've been a part of and you know all of that somehow just led to uh, consulting you know i spoke to a couple of my seniors i did some online research as well so consulting was uh, you know one uh, professional area that actually just kept coming up again and again and again so sometime in my third year i kind of figured out that consulting is what i want to do however uh, you know although i could read some stuff online it was mostly for mbas and it didn't talk much about what people must do at an undergraduate level to get into consulting firm so my preparation was fairly limited and as luck would have it uh, there were a couple of consulting firms that came on campus and kpmg happened to be one of them and i ended up getting a job with kpmg's risk consulting practice so i worked there for two about 20 21 months and after those 21 months i went to isb and post my mba uh, because i had a background in the big four previously as well uh, i joined pwc's management consulting practice so if you look at my career transition i would say that you know uh, after engineering because i didn't have a management degree uh, my role in a consulting firm was more of a functional expertise 
where I was looking at, you know, an area such as risk consulting. So in risk consulting, I was looking at uh, how companies manage their outsourcing. So this is a fairly technical area, but again, it's a very functional expertise. So I, you know, joined KPMG as an analyst uh, in a very functional role. And it was only post my MBA that, you know, I was hired as a consultant in a role that was more business oriented. So, you know, I definitely say that uh, an MBA kind of equipped me to get into that business sort of a role, right, which probably has more uncertainty on the job as well. So that's just been, you know, my journey uh, in consulting. And now I have about 50 months of work experience. So I worked for about two and a half years at PwC. And uh, in these, uh, you know, combined total of about four and a half, five years, uh, what I've seen is that... Uh, Consulting projects were, you know, initially uh, supposed to be around three, four months long. So, you know, a standard consulting project was about 12 weeks long where you had four to five resources, right? But that definition of a consulting project itself is changing and consulting is transforming from contractual work to something that we call a managed service. So a managed service is nothing but a long-term project where the consulting firm also needs to own up for the outcome. So when I started my consulting journey, you know, I'd see projects where we would be selling strategy to the client. So we'll be telling them how to do something, but we weren't responsible for actually doing it for them or we weren't even responsible for the outcome. What's changed now is that there's heavy focus on the outcome as well. So a project that was three months has now stretched to about nine months to sometimes even a year. And uh, the fee of consultants is tied to the outcome itself. So if today, you know, in my strategy, I'm saying I'll help you save, say, $30 million, a percentage of that $30 million would actually come to the firm as project fee as well. So definitely consultants now have more ownership, uh, you know, for the work that they do. Uh, they need to be way more uh, tied to the outcome and not just the strategy. So that's definitely one change, you know, that I see. The second change that I see is in the nature of projects itself. And, you know, that kind of connects to the topic or the theme that we've chosen for, you know, today's session as well. Um, about 10 years ago, when I was not part of the industry, uh, consulting was predominantly strategy oriented, where uh, consultants would come in, they would tell a firm what products to launch, what price point to launch at, which markets to look at. So it was fairly straightforward cookie cutter approach, basically, where you're trying to tell a firm how to increase their revenues, how to decrease their costs, or essentially when you do both, you try to tell them how much profit they can increase. So that is the nature of projects that existed about 10, 10 years back. Uh, what has changed now is that uh, projects have become very, very diverse in nature. And these projects can range just not just from strategy, but can also, you know, uh, go to some place like innovation, like I talked about. And that's purely happening because how fast the world is changing now. There's a lot of technology at companies' disposal. Everything is digitalized. And when that happens, uh, it enables change to take place much, much faster. So when all of these factors are taken into account, the nature of consulting projects also changes. So consulting itself has become very technology oriented now, business consulting itself. So, you know, we are more focused on how certain companies can transform their digital landscape. So you'll see a lot of digital transformation projects. 
then you would also see how companies uh, can figure out a strategy of not which products to make, but strategy on how fast should they make products. And you know, that kind of brings us to the whole innovation uh, consulting space itself. So, uh, you know, just to summarize, I'd say one, of course, uh, the ownership in managed service projects, that's definitely a big change in the last five years or so. And in the last 10 years, I'd say the nature of projects is something that has, you know, changed at a very, very fast pace in the consulting industry. Okay, sir. Uh, so now let us move on to the next question. So the question is, uh, what is innovation management consulting and how do consultants enable organizations to innovate? So, uh, you know, before I you know even get into what innovation management consulting is, it's kind of important to understand uh, where innovation management consulting is even coming from and why it's become, you know, a lot more important or why clients are even asking consultants for such projects. So the genesis of you know innovation management consulting uh, lies in uh, like I had mentioned the proliferation of technology. So if you would actually look at a traditional organization about 15, ten or fifteen years ago, uh, the way they were structured was that they'd have a central research and development department, and that department you know would be responsible for uh, building all the new products, building all the new services. So innovation, you know, was fairly compartmentalized into just one division or just one R&D department. But what happened is uh, as technology came about, uh, you know, people had access to more data. So every department within the firm had access to data, whether it's marketing, whether it's sales, whether it's the finance function or even IT for that matter. Right. Uh, they had access to data and they had access to data through certain digital platforms that they would have uh, implemented within their organization. Now, what happens is when you, you know, have these sort of digital platforms uh, available to almost every function in your organization, people realize that, uh, you know, there can be small tweaks or some, you know, or some series of small tweaks that lead to, you know, a larger uh, tweak in general, right? In order to help them function more efficiently, to help them function in a manner that's you know much more suited to their uh, audience that they're catering to. So when that happens, the nature of innovation itself becomes very very decentralized. So if today innovation, uh, you know, uh, rather I should say, if yesterday innovation catered only to product innovation, now innovation caters to business uh, innovation, uh, business model innovation, it caters to product innovation. It also caters to process innovation, which is essentially how you are conducting a certain business process. So because of all these factors, innovation has become very decentralized in nature. And uh, because of this decentralized innovation, uh, companies kind of realize that everybody in their organization needs to understand what innovation is about and how they can actually carry it out effectively. So that's definitely, uh, you know, one of the reasons innovation consulting is required. Secondly, uh, innovation consulting is required because your product life cycles have become very small. So like I'd initially mentioned, uh, as technology proliferates, it allows human beings to make products and make services much faster, right? So just to give you an example, in today's day and age, you don't even need to know coding to make a computer program, right? So you have certain languages which are called no code languages, right? Where I can essentially code just the output 
and the coding part of it will be taken care of in the back in the back end right so what that enables me to do is as an organization i don't really need certain knowledge which i required in the past so my time to acquire that knowledge is eliminated now i can you know go ahead and straight away build a product so innovation cycles have become much much faster now so that's the second reason why innovation consulting is required right and the third reason innovation consulting is required is because these cycles have become so fast companies often lack the capabilities required to make these new products and services right which is why they kind of need to look outside to acquire these products and services so say for example today a company is not very digitally savvy it's going to take about 2 to 3 years to you know uh, have that kind of digital knowledge within the organization but the market obviously won't allow it that sort of timeline so it has to look outside at probably startups at other technology firms or at other universities to acquire that kind of uh, knowledge or the skills required to address that innovational change so from that perspective uh, you know i'd say that's the third reason why innovation consulting actually becomes uh, very important in today's era okay sir so uh, can you uh, now shed some light on how pwc has been working towards helping its clients using innovation all right um so uh, you know even before i quickly cover what pwc is doing uh, i you know like to throw some light on what do we even mean by innovation consulting right what does it cover so i guess in the last part we kind of talked about why is innovation consulting needed but what does innovation consulting even mean and where is it required so you know uh, of course innovation is a word that's kind of thrown around uh, very frequently and by a lot of people these days but in terms of uh, you know an organizational perspective innovation is nothing but how do you take an idea execute it and then implement it successfully in the market that's the innovation journey so you know in today's day and age uh, innovation would constitute anything from the genesis of an idea to going ahead and implementing that idea in the market so any step that uh, you know uh, is uh, involved in the journey from ideation to product or service or business launch would fall under the ambit of innovation management so you know typically and pwc also does uh, these kind of projects typically uh, an innovation project would involve one of course ideation sessions so it would involve things like um, helping companies as employees kind of figure out how to effectively conduct ideation help them out to figure out you know where to look for ideas and how to even uh you know formulate new ideas and when i say formulate it's a very important part of the process because as humans we have several biases in our thinking so if an idea is not formulated in the right manner it's very easy for certain people or organizations to thwart those ideas so if an idea may be good and you've not formulated it in the right way organizations will you know kill that idea before it goes any further you know in the idea value chain itself so that becomes very very important so ideation is definitely one part then the second part is uh, how shall how shall companies even identify what the good ideas are 
So if today I'm getting about thousand ideas a year in the organization, a company of course would not want to spend money on each of those thousand ideas and develop each of those thousand ideas into an actual product. So identifying which ideas are the good ideas is very, very important for companies. So we call it an idea funnel. How companies must, you know, go from those thousand ideas to probably the five ideas which are going to have the biggest impact for that company. So that is something which, you know, PwC and other consulting firms would help a company figure out in the ambit of innovation consulting. That's another service that, that's provided. Then the next one, of course, is, uh, you know, there are several times when consultants are called not at the beginning of the innovation process, but somewhere in the middle. So say, for example, a company already has committed to about 50 from 50 ideas out of the thousand it received. Now it's going to ask consultants to help them optimize this portfolio of ideas or their pipeline of ideas, if I can call it that. So a consultant's job, you know, then becomes to identify within the portfolio, which ideas would be most suitable for the organization, which ideas are most aligned to its business strategy, but also aligned to the mega trends that we see happening globally and playing out in different markets across the world. So that's another service that uh, consultants would deliver. Then the next one is, uh, you know, in the entire idea funnel, uh, when an idea is very close to market launch, we try and do something called a POC, a proof of concept, or some people might call it a pilot as well. Uh, although the terms may be sometimes different, they can be used interchangeably. And the idea is that you kind of develop a product prototype. And this product prototype is then, you know, tested in uh, different markets and un under different circumstances and basis the results of, you know, this small test or this prototype, you kind of decide on the tweaks the product needs and also decide on whether or not this idea is even viable enough to launch in the market. So again, this is another thing that, uh, you know, consulting companies help their clients do. They basically help their clients evaluate whether or not the POC or the pilot was a success. So that's another service to deliver. And lastly, and I feel this is the most important aspect of innovation consulting, is that consultants help their clients inculcate a culture of innovation in their firms. Now, what does that mean? So uh, when you start working in a traditional organization, you'll realize that people kind of work in silos or, you know, they like to work in their own departments. So if today there are three teams, there is finance, there is IT, and there is marketing. For example, the person who works for finance reports to a manager who is in finance. So his manager is responsible for his appraisal and his promotions, right? And same is the case with IT and marketing. Because of this structure, each of these three divisions are not, uh, you know, given the right incentives to work with each other. So if today someone in marketing needs to, you know, build out a product, for example, which involves easy EMIs, right? So easy EMIs uh, will probably be, will come under the purview of uh, uh, finance, right? Now, what may happen is because, you know, a traditional organization is not very well equipped to work with, uh, you know, some of these people in marketing, they might not have the right impetus to work on some of these marketing projects, right? So that cross collaboration within the firm actually goes down significantly. 
So in order to innovate, what you require is a lot of cross-functional collaboration amongst different teams in the organization, right? That's number one. Then uh, you also require this peerless approach because when you are innovating, you are bound to have some failures, right? Not every single idea or not every single product of yours is going to be a success. So it's important that people in your organization back you up and they don't blame you for these failures. So we call it a fail fast, learn fast approach, right? Again, traditional organizations are not very well equipped for a fail fast, learn fast approach because incentives in these organizations are aligned to how much money a product is earning, how much profit did it earn, how many units were sold, right? So it's not looking at a long-term picture, rather it's looking at a very immediate picture when that happens. So that's the second reason why companies need an innovation culture. And the third is you need a mindset of always improving. So in Japanese, that's called Kaizen, right? So if you study manufacturing, you will realize that in manufacturing, Kaizen means nothing but continuous improvement. Similarly, in organizations where innovation is the cornerstone of, you know, organizational strategy, Kaizen shall be the principle by which everything in the organization must be looked at. So you must con continuously endeavor to improve your products. You must continuously endeavor to improve your processes. You must continuously endeavor to serve your customers in a better manner. So when you look at these three things, essentially you'll realize that a culture of innovation is required in traditional organizations to even help them succeed with their innovation agendas. So that's another kind of projects that, you know, consultants help uh, organizations deliver in the innovation space. Sir, as a banking and finance domain student, what prior skills do we require to work in innovation consultancy? Okay, good question. So, see, um, you know, uh, I'd say that uh, firstly, you are still in the domain of consulting, which means the basic or the general consulting skills that you need, they remain the same. So the general or basic consulting skills would be things like a very analytical way of thinking. So you need to, you know, make a lot of sense out of unstructured environments, right? That's number one. I'd say con any consultant's primary job is to bring structure to the unstructured world. That's number one. So you need to be very, very analytical in your thinking. Uh, you need to be very clear in your thinking. The second, of course, is, uh, you know, once you build something, you need to communicate the value of what you've built to your client, right? And you also need to convince your client why it would work. And in order to do that, you need to have great communication skills. So a consultant always has great communication skills, right? And then thirdly, a consultant needs, uh, uh, you know, great problem solving skills. And I differentiate it from analytical ability because problem solving, in my opinion, also involves, you know, being motivated enough to, you know, actually saying, okay, I see this problem. I will do whatever it takes in my power to go ahead and solve this problem. So high levels of motivation or problem solving. That's the third skill. So I'd say these three skills are core to any consultant, whether you do innovation consulting or you do any other sort of consulting, these three skills are key to any consultant. An additional skill that you need in innovation consulting, and that's very, very important, is that you must not be bound by the notions of what can be done, which means that you need to be very, very creative. 
so let me give you an example uh you know if i came came up to you uh, somewhere in the 1800s and i said that i have this pen is there a probability that this pen can go through a ball right and you tell me no there's no possibility of that right a pen cannot go through a ball but you ask me the same question in 1900 and i'd say okay quantum physics tells me that there is a very very small probability that this pen can actually go through a wall right so if somebody in 1800 had the wisdom to realize that when they said no they were actually you know giving away their creativity and saying this cannot be done right but a guy who discovered quantum physics or quantum mechanics kind of realized that you know okay if i bound myself by the logic that it cannot be done i will never figure out a way to get it done so when i say creativity in terms of an organizational uh, approach it means nothing but you know realizing that uh, we often confine ourselves to boundaries by telling ourselves something cannot be done so in the innovation landscape it's very important to realize that you cannot confine yourself to that boundary therefore being creative is very very important in this space because often times your solutions or your ideas are going to sound extremely wacky because you know again uh, you work with traditional uh, companies and traditional companies are bound by traditional thinking so you know often times you need to get them out of those traditional thought patterns and that requires creativity so that's the most important skill that you need in innovation how pwc has helped its clients with innovation in this difficult times of covid-19 sir okay so i think it's important to realize what covid-19 has done for the business world right so uh, covid-19 essentially upended patterns of consumption because you had localized lockdowns which led to supply chain uh, uh, blockages right people were free to step out of their houses so you had to de deliver a lot of stuff to their homes for example right and in many places all of commerce just came to a standstill now in this environment what happened was a lot of uh, customer uh, transformation happened and when i say customer transformation i mean nothing but how you deliver a product to the customer what products do customers even want right and how much are they willing to pay for some of these products like for example toilet paper right all of us know what happened with toilet paper as soon as lockdowns hit so all these all these changes in the business world require required very very fast action so for example uh, you know india announced its lockdown on 20th of march uh, we guys got a call from one of our clients on 22nd of march and they basically told us that you know we sell uh, tires uh, to our clients right and now what has happened is we cannot get these uh, tires to our clients because of all the travel blockages right or maybe some of these tires are lying at our uh, customers is uh, Uh, scrap yards or uh, their garages but they are not able to fit these tires onto their cars so how can we help right now when a client comes to you in such a situation you need to be very very fast to act right so i probably have about less than a month to even figure out how to help out my client right so what has happened is uh, these innovation sort of projects where you know i am giving solutions that are uh you know extremely out of the box right these kind of solutions are required in a world where there's a lot of uncertainty which is what covid has brought about 
So I'd say the need of innovation consulting has definitely gone up with COVID. Another thing that's happened is uh, COVID has produced these supply blockages. A lot of the world has become more digital because of COVID, right? Which means again, and like I was mentioning in the beginning, it means that organizations need to innovate more and they need to innovate faster to remain relevant to their customers, to remain relevant to their partners and other stakeholders. So both these changes actually increase the need of innovation consulting post-COVID. So while the nature of innovation consulting does not change post-COVID, what changes is the need for innovation consulting. So in today's day and age, uh, every traditional firm will probably need to realize how they are carrying out some of this innovation or they probably need to tweak their innovation operating models to remain relevant. So the need has definitely gone up. Uh, so, so this brings to the last question of our podcast. What is the scope of innovation consultancy in India in upcoming years? Okay. So see, uh, you know, if you'd realized uh, and, you know, if you were kind of looking at very, very thoroughly at some of the answers I gave, you'd see that, you know, again and again, I refer to traditional organizations. And, you know, again, we must kind of realize what a traditional organization is. Because the boundaries between a traditional organization and a startup or a new age organization are, you know, now becoming fairly less and less visible. They are pretty much traditional organizations also now trying to transition towards new age and they're trying to be more agile like startups. So a traditional organization is essentially an organization which may have a lot of, uh, you know, uh, what do I say, digital, uh, uh, may have a very big digital agenda. It may be very digitally mature, right? However, the people working within that organization are people who've been with that organization for 20, 30, 40 years. And then what happens is these people have very traditional ways of thinking. So their ideas of how something can be achieved is very, very traditional in nature, right? Now, if you look at it, uh, India is a country where majority of the population is young, right? However, most of the business that's driven in India is driven by these traditional organizations. So about 90% of the jobs in India are for organizations that would fall into this traditional bucket. Only 10% of jobs would be in new age firms. So when younger people like you and me join these traditional organizations, our thinking essentially is driven by the people on top of us, our managers, our CEOs, right? So what happens is people like you and me don't really acquire that new age thinking. Right now, what will happen is as we go forward in the coming years, more and more people our age are going to get into the workforce and more and more people our age are going to need to be told how to adapt to the changing business environment. They're going to need to be told how to build certain new products. They're going to need to be told how to think in a way that's uh, befitting of an innovative solution or an innovative idea. When that happens, the need for innovation consulting goes up leaps and bounds. And it will go up. Yes, it definitely will. At the same time, uh, you will also see the startup ecosystem in India is booming now. Uh, startups in India are actually acquiring a lot of new money, right? And it's estimated that uh, the startup ecosystem in India is second only to, you know, the Valley or probably even to China in the world. But what is happening is while these startups may be acquiring a lot of cash, they're not generating as many jobs. So there are certain 
you know labor intensive industries in the economy like say for example manufacturing and startups lie in the purview mostly in the purview of services right so the number of employees that they will be um, employing per unit revenue of theirs is going to be much much lower than a manufacturing setup and manufacturing also has a lot of employment multipliers which means one job in manufacturing generates about 10 to 11 jobs in the value in the downstream value chain so uh, what happens is that uh, people who are coming into some of these manufacturing setups uh, these people will need to be trained to upskill themselves right and when i say upskill themselves i don't mean that upskill themselves from a manufacturing perspective upskill themselves from a perspective to deliver services because as the world grows more and more advanced and as our country you know benefits from uh, you know economic activity increased economic activity these people will be required to transition from manufacturing to the services sector and that's a natural natural progression of any uh, developing country right where you are going from manufacturing to the tertiary sectors or the tertiary industries so consultants will be needed to help organizations figure out how to train these people and to also you know tell organizations how they can use these people right who may be in like a manufacturing setup now to deliver some services that a, a company may need and i'll give you an example of what i mean so i am doing a project for a tire company right now uh, the tire company as any traditional tire company is based on manufacturing excellence and marketing right and essentially there is a sales team that's focused on selling tires and their incentives are aligned to how many tires they can sell so the more tires they sell they feel they've done better right now the company realizes that they cannot grow their revenue too much just by selling tires so now they want to sell digital services along with tires so they predominantly sell tires to the commercial vehicle industry so to trucks and buses now trucks and buses probably require a lot of data to operate right so you can give them data around how they utilizing the fuel how much time it takes them to commute from one place to another how they can you know save on manufacturing costs so those are the kind of services that the company needs to now give to its customers so there's a sudden shift from manufacturing to services so does the company you know go ahead and just hire 1000 people from the market the answer is no because it's very difficult to find people with a certain skill set who understand the industry right that means you need to use people who are within the firm to deliver those services now which means these people now need to be trained reskilled right and their thought processes need to be changed and any company that's agile when it comes to this kind of innovation so moving from manufacturing to services is innovation we call it as a service model now any company that's you know agile in kind of figuring out how it can help some of these people transition from traditional roles to these service oriented roles will be a company that's going to thrive in the future so this is where consultants go are going to come in and this is why the scope of innovation consulting in india is going to grow by leaps and bounds so if Uh, today and you know this is not just pwc's estimation we spoken to other consultants in the market uh today if you know there are about you know 10 innovation projects out of 500 we believe that number is going to go to about 400 out of 500 in the next 10 years or so so that's how fast the need for innovation consulting is going to grow
थँक यू सो मच सर फॉर टेकिंग आउट टाईम अँड शेअरिंग युअर एक्सपिरियन्स विथ अज वी आर सो ग्रेटफुल टू यू फॉर एनलायटनिंग अज अबाउट द इंडस्ट्री इन्साईट्स इट विल शुअरली हेल्प अज डिसाईड अँड डिफाईन अवर करिअर ट्रॅजेक्टरी इट वॉज अ प्लेजर टू लर्न फ्रॉम यू थँक यू वन्स अगेन Thank you guys thank you so much for having me and i hope that i could you know uh, contribute to your audience in a manner that's very helpful to them thank you so much thank you sir all right great thank you thank you so much guys just one question uh, just let i mean not a question rather just a request just let me know whenever you put it up on any of the platforms yeah okay sir okay sir before i before we put it out uh, we'll i'll just message you all right okay great okay great. thanks okay. thanks barun thanks pranjali and uh, thanks uh, to the other people for organizing this thanks for having me guys thank you thank you sir it was our pleasure okay. you have a good day sir thanks have a good day guys thank you bye thank you bye thank you